I want to thank you again for being here. And if you would take your Bibles with me, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to continue on in our series about the culture of the church. And it just so happens that this fits in well with things that are going on in our world today. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here tonight. And Father, I pray that you would be with each and every person um, as they make decisions uh, in regards uh, to the coronavirus and, Father, things that are going on in our world, I pray you give them great wisdom. Father, I pray that they would make decisions that would be uh, pleasing to you, but also protective for their family. And, Father, something that would be uh, um, wise and uh, well thought out. And I pray that you would give great wisdom. Continue to help our church. Father, we want to be your body. We want to do the right thing. And I pray you give us great wisdom as we continue to move forward. Thank you so much for dying on the cross. Thank you so much that we can have an eternal home in heaven. And Father, that we have a great hope, a blessed hope in, the, in this life to come. And Father, we just continue to look at that. And we pray that you would help us to remain strong in that and remain clear and focused on that. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 13, last week we looked at um, the Corinthian church seemingly to have a desire um, to be more spiritual. They were bringing their meals to the church to eat. And this is why this is a good time for us to talk about this. For, for the time being, we're not going to bring too much food into the church and eat it. And uh, so tonight for our choir practice, we're not going to have pizza. We're going to just go with precaution and uh, not pass out food where everybody's digging at it at the same time. So that's something that uh, they tried to do. And so in, in that, actually what they ended up doing was creating division. They created division. Uh, the problem with all of this was the fact that they were trying to do something that was against the biblical principle. They were, they were using their own thought process instead of what God wanted. And I understand that. It's easy to do. But there is danger here. When you begin using your thought process for what God wants you to do and in God's uh, house and in God's mission for your life, that becomes very dangerous. And you can see that all throughout the Bible, people using their thought processes and their uh, way of thinking uh, all throughout the Bible. And you can see really where it gets them. It does not get them very far. It gets them usually in a, in a terrible predicament in which they have to go back and ask for, for forgiveness from God. And they have to go back and kind of start things over. But so I, I kind of want to avoid some of that in our church, and I kind of want to avoid some of that um, <clears throat> spiritually. And so Paul gives us some great insight here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you'll read verses 23 and 24 with me, the Bible says, For I have received <clears throat> of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled this evening, a culture of unity. A culture of unity. We looked at a culture of division last week. I want to look at a culture of unity tonight. And so this is something very interesting that I find. We normally use this. For communion or the Lord's Supper. This is something that we always go to and that's part of this and that's definitely something we're going to look at in the near future. But for tonight, I kind of want to just break it down. Again, remember, we have to think about the book of 1 Corinthians contextually. 
how, what, what's going on. So if you'll remember last week, people were bringing food into the uh, house of God and they were eating it there and it seems as if they were eating it with a certain section of people and not with the other section. They were in favor of this section of people, but not in favor of this section of people. And so what they were doing was they were creating a divide, a division. And so that's the context of where we're at. And so Paul immediately says, well, this is the way the Lord's Supper is supposed to work. This is what, what actually is a spiritual dinner. So number one, I want you to see this evening, unity in Christ. If we're going to have a spirit of unity or a culture of unity, we must have that unity not in the church, not in the pastor, not in the staff, not in anything other than Christ. The unity should be in no one person or no one thing but Christ. Unity in Christ. Look at verses, we just read verses 23 and 24. Let's continue on through verse 25. The Bible says, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread... And drink this cup, watch this, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Till he come. What I want you to notice though in all of these things is in verse 24 and in verse 25 he uses the phrase, in remembrance of me. He uses that multiple times. The whole goal of taking this Lord's Supper was not to split the church but to bring unity to the church in remembrance of Christ. In remembrance of Christ. It was about remembering Him. It was not for bringing your dinner into the Lord's house and purifying that dinner. That's not what it was about. It has nothing to do with your supper. It has nothing to do with your food. And if anything, it has everything to do with Christ. When we think about the Lord's Supper, when we have communion here, what is the goal of that? To remember, right? To remember what Christ did for us, to draw us back to a unity with him, to help us to remember him, to, to keep him as our focus. That's what that is for. That's the goal. We, we, we also look at baptism. We look at baptism and we say, what's the goal of baptism? The, the, it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It is, it is to bring our attention to what Christ has done for us. When we drink the cup, it's a picture of his blood. When we take of the bread, it's a picture of his broken body. This is all to bring back to remembrance of Christ. You see, that's what it should be. Everything we do here at Bible Baptist Church should be unified around Christ and to bring us into the remembrance of Christ. It's so often easy to get upset about what's going on in the world. It's so easy to get upset about what's going on in our daily lives, but can I give you just some encouragement? Can we bring it back to Christ? Can we bring it back to who has conquered death, hell, and the grave already? He's already done that. So it's a remembrance of Christ. But I want you to notice another phrase here in verse 24. He says this, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, watch this, take, eat, this is my body. I want you to stop and think there just for a second. Take, eat, this is my 
body. So we look at the, the bread, the, the broken bread, and we realize that is the, bro- the broken body of Jesus Christ. Is there any other things that come into your mind when you're thinking about God's body? How about the church? The church is God's body. That, that is 100% the case. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. You can see it on the screen here. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Watch this. And he is the Savior of the body. So Paul's saying here, take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. So we are the body of Christ. There's nothing good about the broken body of Christ, but it was broken for us. So if it breaks up, why is it breaking up? Because some outside force is causing it to break up. You know what that broken up body was for Christ? Sin. Sin. He went to the cross because of sin. Sin did this to him. Sin broke his body. Sin whipped him. Sin tore him to pieces. Sin put a crown of thorns on his head. Sin put that robe upon him. So understand this. We are God's body. We are his body. And if we allow something to break that up, that is sin coming in. That is sin breaking up. So we are the body of Christ. So there should be unity in the body of Christ. But I want you to see also, he talks about the blood. Verse 25, after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood. The blood. We, talk, we sing about the blood all the time. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. All kinds of different songs. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We understand that the power of Christ is in his blood. The blood of Christ is the salvation of the church. The blood of Christ is the salvation of the church. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You cannot have sin or get rid of sin. You cannot have victory over sin without Christ's blood. Impossible to have. You need that. In Old Testament, you can look, and it was all about the shedding of blood of those lambs. And if you look all throughout the Scripture when they are getting ready to leave uh, leave Egypt, and they put the blood of the bulls and goats and the lambs outside of the, um, um, on the post of the doors, and that's all blood, it's all blood, it's all blood. It's because that's what redeems us. The redemption of the perfect lamb as without blemish and without spot. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28 The Bible says this, this is where he says this, Jesus, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, the remission of sins. Jesus saying this himself, now this is the blood, this brings in the New Testament, this is the shed for many, for the remission of sin, it is about his blood. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, the Bible says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, watch this, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. I'm trying to show you something tonight. 
trying to get across to you that we are to be unified under Christ. Unified in Christ. We are his body. We were purchased with his blood. We are all one under those things. There's not Jew nor Greek. We're going to look at that later. But understand this. We're all purchased with his blood. We need to have a unity because of that. It was purchased with the blood of Christ. So we're, we're thinking about all these things, but I can't get out of the fact that there's still eating involved and drinking involved. And so as you look at this, you uh, begin to look down, and he says in verse 24, take, eat. And then in verse 25, he says, and as oft as ye drink it. So he begins to continue on with this eating and drinking. What do you do when you eat or drink something? You usually put it inside of you, right? Watch. It's going inside. It's going to be used for, with my body. It's going to use it and disperse it where it needs to go. It's going to be taken in and all of those things are going to break apart and what little nutrients there are in that anymore is going to go to where they need to go. So he says, take, eat. And he says, as oft as ye drink it. Can I give you this? We must ingest We must consume. We must put Christ inside of us. He says, this is my body. Put it inside of you. This is my blood. Drink it. Now, I'm not all for transubstantiation in which the the elements that we take actually turn into the body of Christ and the juice that we drink actually turns into the blood of Christ. I'm not trying to say that. This is what I'm trying to say. Make Christ a part of you. Make Christ a part of you. You you understand this. What you put inside of yourself will eventually come out. If I was to eat junk food all the time, would you be able to tell? I do, so you should be able to tell. You, when you eat junk food and you don't eat healthy and you don't exercise and you don't put the right things in, it's going to show. It's just going to. And hell, you'll, you'll have poorer health and just things aren't going to work is probably what, is, what you put in is sure to come out. If you want to help things on the outside, you must put the right things in the inside. Everybody will tell you, if you want to get healthy, start eating right. Drink lots of water. Lots of water. Stay away from coffee. Drink lots of water. Lots of water. These are important things. I want to take you over to John chapter 6 with me. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, look at verse 53. John chapter 6 and verse 53. This is so interesting. John chapter 6, verse 53, the Bible says this, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, 
and drink his blood. Watch this. Ye have no life in you. Whoa. Now, I'm not prepared to be a cannibal. I'm not prepared to, to do this. But we'll look at verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. Hold on. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed. Interesting. And my blood is drink indeed. Also interesting. Verse 56. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me. And I in him. I can take you to John chapter 15 and talk to you about the abiding chapter and how we abide, need to abide in Christ and Christ abides in us. Listen, he's giving us a glimpse into this. Look at verse 57. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Verse 58. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Here's what I believe Jesus Christ is talking about. You have to consume him. You have to eat his flesh and eat his blood. And he needs to become a part of you. And once he gets inside, he's going to go throughout your entire body. And he's going to do things to your body that you thought never possible. You're going to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because you are so consumed with him. Every part of your body, all the nutrients from Jesus Christ are going to come into your body. Listen, let's, let's, let's just flip over. This is not on my notes, so this is, I'm going rogue here. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. The Bible says this, look at verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Do you, do you get that? Think about a tree. Does a, does a branch survive on the ground? No. Where does it have to be? It has to be stuck into the trunk. Do, do you realize that you can also be stuck into the trunk? but not abiding? You can be, have you ever stepped out, climbing trees, stepped on a branch that was dead and it broke? It's still dead. Do you know what happens? Something gets between that and the tree. A bug, a disease, something gets between the branch and the vine. And when that happens, no more can, you can't bear fruit except you abide. You're constantly drawing nutrients from the trunk. What do you think those roots are for? They're drawing nutrients from the ground up and they're pushing them out into the branches. This is exactly what God is saying in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me. And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. God is saying, listen, you need to eat of my flesh. Drink of my blood. Put it inside of you. Take as much of me as you possibly can. Get to know me. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And I guarantee you, that will begin to show outwardly. 
How, let me ask you this question. How much time are you spending in the Word of God? How much time are you spending studying, trying to understand Him, trying to ingest this? We talked about in our, our men's class this morning that, that God's Word is like honey. God's Word is like the bread God's word is like all kinds of food we can see all throughout the Bible. We need to stay in the scriptures. We need to begin ingesting it because out of that will begin to flow things that we never thought possible. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, the Bible says this very simply, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, we are the body. We are purchased with the blood of Christ. We need to make sure that we are consuming Christ, every single one of us. Let me put this to you this way. What happens if we don't? What happens if one individual in our church does not consume Christ? That creates not unity, does it? If our church as an entire, as a body, is constantly consuming Christ, constantly consuming and each part takes it with them in their service, we'll see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Each part takes it with them as they are gifted of God and as are placed in the body of God. Can you imagine what that church looks like? Can you imagine the, the outward flowing of the Holy Spirit and the power of God that would happen? The nutrients, if you will, of God would be going and continuing. It would be amazing. And then he says, um, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to see verse 26. The Bible says this. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, watch this now, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. As often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. Can I just put it to you this way? What you put in is what's going to come out. As often as ye eat and drink, you show. As often as you eat and drink, you show. Now, I understand when we talk about the, um, the Lord's Supper and, 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 and holding that. Yes, again, we are showing that. But remember the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It's about the church. It's about us. I want to take you back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It should be just a page over for you, verse 16. The Bible says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread partaking of this bread, partaking of this blood, this cup is a unity in Christ. It's a unity in Christ. 
And it's the focal point of all Christianity. It is the focal point. Listen, outside of the blood and body of Christ, there is nothing. Without it, there is nothing. Without it, there is nothing. Without Christ, we have no hope on this earth. Without Christ, we have no hope of eternal life. Understand, without Christ, we are nothing. We're just dirt. That's it. This is why this is so important. And I see some of you kind of scratching your heads just like, not quite sure yet. Understand that. But just simply this. There is a unity in Christ. And so everything that we do, whether we eat or whether we drink, should all be done for the glory of God. Should all be pointed back to Jesus Christ. Christ must be the focal point. We must be in remembrance of him. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And so should we. In everything we do. In every decision we make. In every step we take, in every way we perform our duties, in every way we perform our gifts, in every way we are a part of the body, we should be doing it in remembrance of Christ. For as often as ye eat and drink, ye do show the Lord's death. So I want you to see the unity of Christ. But number two, I want you to see the danger of pride. The danger of pride. Let's continue on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to read to you a couple verses. The Bible says this in verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Whoa. Whosoever shall eat or drink of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Why? He's not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. I just want to draw your attention to that word unworthily. Unworthily. Listen, so there, that, that brings about a point. There is a way to eat and drink of God worthily and unworthily. Now, I understand that I have started this with you just here in chapter 11. But if you do any amount of study and you take and look, everything from 1 Corinthians chapter 8 all the way to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where we are here has been an awareness of others. Thinking about other people. Thinking about uh, uh, how we can uh, uh, work with them and, and how we ought to view them and, 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 and prefer them. Now this is my, what I believe based on the context and I'm sure there are other applications. But this is what I believe the word unworthily to me. I believe the word unworthily refers to selfishly. Let's look at it again. Therefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily, if you want selfishly, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And he can continue. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, again, selfishly, 
eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Take some time. Go through and study it. Don't take my word for it. Please don't. Study it. Go back to chapter 8. Start walking through. Read it. All the way to chapter 11. I believe you will see that it's not about, even just chapter 11. Think about just chapter 11. We talked about your head. Right? We're not to live our lives for ourselves. We all have a head. And we must honor that head. We're not to bring our meat in, in, into the, the Lord's house and call it uh, uh, the Lord's Supper because it's causing division. It's not about you. It's about the unity. That's just chapter 11. But take that back. Please do. I believe if you are drinking and eating otherworldly, you are eating and drinking selfishly. So let me give you this. When you participate selfishly in the body and blood of Christ, there are consequences. The Bible says here that you are guilty of the body and blood. You are under damnation because you are not discerning the Lord's body. If you live for yourself, you will receive the reward of living for yourself. If you live for yourself, you will receive the reward of living for yourself. This person that eats unworthily is not concerned with the body of Christ. They're not concerned with the entire church. They're not concerned with unity. They're concerned with doing what they want, when they want, how they want, and why they want. The whole thing is about bringing it back to Christ. In so doing, he is destroying what Christ has died for. When you don't care about the church, when you have no regard for the church, do you understand what you're doing? You are putting aside everything that God wanted and did. You are saying, I disregard, God, what you died for. I'm putting that aside. I don't care about it. I want to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it selfishly. I want to take you back to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 11. The Bible says this. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Again, you may not know the context of this passage, but the context is the stumbling block. We're not to put a stumbling block in the way or, or an offense. But if we, through the knowledge, cause a weak brother to perish, that weak brother was died for by God. Christ died for him. And so if we, because we want to do what we want to do and we're selfish and we don't care if there's a stumbling block in front of somebody, we don't care if we kick somebody over or if we step over them um, on our way up the corporate ladder, so to speak, or whatever it is, our pride, and the, we begin to consume the body and blood of Christ selfishly because of what we want, we disrupt what Christ died for. We hurt what Christ died for. Let's bring it home. When the people of the Bible Baptist Church are selfish, we hurt and we hinder what God is trying to do in our midst. That doesn't mean just selfish 
to other people in the church. That means selfishness all around. So if you're selfish at work, do you know what you're doing? You're hurting what God wants to do with Bible Baptist Church. That's what I believe this passage is talking about. That's what I believe is going on. God needs a people focused on him, in unity with him. Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 was that we would be one as Jesus and the Father are one. Take some time, look at it. Jesus is praying, God, I pray that all of these that follow me will be one as we are one. And so if we're drinking and eating and ingesting for our own sakes unworthily to get us up the corporate ladder, to make our outward appearance look better as it were, to get everybody to look on the outward appearance and say, oh man, that guy's got it all together. Listen, there's a danger here, a danger in pride. Paul will continue with this unity in chapter 12. But I believe it's imperative to understand this now. That people who are here for themselves are here to divide. It cannot be about you. It should not be about you. It should not be about me, ever. It should be about Christ. People that are here for themselves are getting in the way of what God has planned and are not going to help themselves in the long run. Let me just give you just a for instance. We talked a little bit about this last week. But you remember Peter and Jesus? Jesus knows that he's going to the cross. Jesus understands that this is the direction God has for him. And he begins to tell his disciples, this is what's going to happen. And Peter rebukes Jesus. You remember what Jesus said? Get thee behind me, Satan. Do you know why? Because you're getting in the way of what God wanted to do. Listen, Peter had good motives. Peter really did. Now, please understand, he had great motives. He wanted to protect Jesus. He wanted to give his life for Jesus. And listen, that's great motives. But it was almost a selfish motive because he wanted to look like the Savior. He wanted to look like the tough guy, the hero. Jesus said, no, no. This is my calling. Get thee behind me, Satan. Don't disrupt this. Listen, if you are selfish in your mindset here at Bible Baptist Church, then we have a problem. And you are trying to disrupt what God has in our church. I want, and I believe God wants, our church to be unified around him and what he did for us. I want to give you one last verse and we'll be finished. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, because of what Christ has done for you, if you read Romans chapter 11, you can see, because of what I've done for you, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Why? This is your reasonable service. But watch this. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God.
How are you going to renew your mind? By ingesting. How are you going to renew your mind? By ingesting and praying. Ingesting the word of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. So as, a, as the Bible Baptist Church, I know this is a different take on it. I understand maybe you've never heard something like this out of this passage before. But again, hopefully looking contextually, you can see that this is about unity in Christ and remembering him. Listen, in the unknown days ahead, this is going to be very important. In the unknown days ahead, we're all going to have our thoughts. We're all going to have our minds. And listen, I'm going to have my thoughts in my mind. And, and I'm going to you know, want to say things. But everything ought to be run through God. Everything ought to be considered with the unity of Christ. So as the Bible Baptist Church, I challenge us tonight to present our bodies a living sacrifice so that we can be unified in Christ. Let's pray. Father,